Today's readings are great, aren't they? They are some of the church's most famous stories about faith in the face of enormous odds. When we are faced with the possibility of annihilation, real or perceived, I might add, our response is typically to mount the most powerful and destructive counteroffensive we can find. And this is true whether we are talking about nuclear attacks or marital discord. Our impulse, like Saul's, is often to find retaliation and vindication. God, on the other hand, has another way. David's defeat of Goliath is the tale of that other way. The Philistines were the people who lived in the Gaza Strip along the Mediterranean coast where the tribes of Israel also wanted to live. Goliath was their proxy and their champion. He is said to have been nine feet tall and to have worn 125 pounds of iron armor, a Philistine superhero. <laughs> Saul, the king of the tribes of Israel, was understandably frightened and demoralized at the sight of him. In this reading, David convinces Saul to allow him to be the proxy for Israel and fight the Goliath because David is sure that Yahweh will protect his faithful people. This fantastic story is about the way the God of Israel works in the world. He doesn't engage the Philistines with equal force. He doesn't bring forth an Israeli superhero who can make a huge show of vanquishing Goliath and enslaving the Philistines. Yahweh doesn't subscribe to the power politics of this world. Yahweh's way has nothing to do with might making right. It has to do with Yahweh's interest in those who are outside the circles of power. Yahweh's way is to pick champions from the sincere of heart, the faithful shepherds, they who have no power at all except their belief in Yahweh. I think it's interesting to note that these people are people who do what they can do and seem completely uninvested in doing anything more. They accept their own limits, and are satisfied and even joyful to do only what they can do. Yahweh is interested in the way a 17-year-old kid with nothing but zeal for Yahweh's cause could do away with a nine-foot colossus in a single shot. Yahweh is interested in the way David sees the problem. It's not that Israel has to establish a huge counteroffensive to dominate and oppress Philistines. Yahweh is not interested in the escalation of the war machine. It's that David has to remove Goliath the same way he would remove a lion or a bear from his sheep. Yahweh, and therefore David, is interested in the sheep, not the lion. David doesn't care about seizing the weapon of mass destruction. He cares about keeping the tribe of Israel safe in the godliest way he can. In the epistle, we hear Paul's testimony on behalf of his faithful service to the church in Corinth, with whom he was, whom he was having some problems. <laughs> Despite the fact that he's been sorely mistreated, he has been kind, generous, loving, pure, holy, and true in every way, he says. He urges the church at Corinth to put aside their differences with him and return his love in kind. Here again is the theme of maintaining fidelity to God's way that is, the way of love and justice, in the face of rejection and persecution. 
the invitation to return escalation with de-escalation seems clear. The tempest at sea in the gospel is a threat we can relate to more personally, perhaps. There are the disciples in the storm, in their little boat, taking on water already, ready to pitch into the sea, and there is Jesus taking a nap. Mm -hmm. And they say, we're drowning here. Could you wake up and help? And Jesus does not say to this group of terrified men who believe they're about to face their death, relax, I am the son of God, you can't get much better protection than that. He says, instead, they don't have enough faith. Well, have you ever tried that line on someone who was terrified? Mm. How did that work for you? Because it has never worked for me. I don't think that Jesus meant that there, if there is faith, there will never be catastrophe, despite the fact that David killed Goliath with one sling and that Jesus calmed the storm with a few words. We know that even when we are living as faithfully as we possibly can, we still find catastrophe in our lives. Do we think that war, tsunami, hurricane, earthquake, fire, terrible medical diagnosis comes because there's too little faith? Of course not. The story about how God intends us to cope with imminent disaster is what we're talking about. Given that disaster is always imminent, God's emphasis is how we cope with it. The message is that we are to do as little as possible to escalate the way of death and destruction. We are to use only a slingshot when the Goliath appears on the horizon. This is true whether the catastrophe is a natural disaster, a military threat, a medical diagnosis, or a serious interpersonal problem. Our bent is to escalate. We do that with new and better weapons. We do that with our own anxiety and despair. We do that with mindlessness, so that we spend our money, our time, and our votes on things which eventually hurt us. It is really very countercultural, even all these thousands of years later, to embrace the idea of radical acceptance. Contemporary culture exhorts us at every turn to do something more, be someone else, consume more of everything, and above all, win at every cost. In this culture, not trying to win is synonymous with characterological deficiency. Saul's reaction to the appearance of Goliath is very familiar to me. In the face of seemingly overwhelming odds, I can understand how he became hopeless and depressed. There was no way to win. David, on the other hand, didn't think much about besides what he could do as the person he was, a good shepherd, faithful to Yahweh, and a good shot with a sling. Doing whatever we can do about what is in front of us without worrying about what will happen when we are not successful is the practice of radical acceptance. And that's the mission of the church, to do God's work in the world in whatever way we can without worrying about winning. The idea of winning becomes something we worship, something objective and necessary for our feeling of well-being. And when that happens, we're only paying attention to our desire for mastery and control. When we don't need to win, on the other hand, we open ourselves to the infinite possibility that was, is within us because we are made in the image of God. 
Saul wanted to vanquish the Philistines by slaughtering their army, and so he went into vapor lock when he couldn't figure out how to do that. He lost creativity. Too often, I think, we look only to the defensive side of living faithfully. We do pay attention when we can to poverty and homelessness and domestic violence, but there's another side of faithful living that's even more relevant to the church. We are asked to pour out ourselves, our energy, our goodwill, our time, so that we may build up the community, the body, as Paul says, in love. This summer, here at this church, we have the opportunity to help our neighbors at the Hannah Freedom School in, Mil in Marin City. Every day, for five weeks this summer, they are teaching kids to read there. It may surprise you to know that California has the highest illiteracy rate in the nation. I don't need to tell you that literacy is the best and most life-enhancing skill a child can acquire. But I shall remind you that a literate society is more likely to make peace and serve justice than one which is not. When you teach a child in your community to read, you are most certainly giving that child the keys to the kingdom. It only takes an hour, two mornings a week, to be a reading buddy at the Freedom School. It is much easier to accept the tough things in life if we have done all that we can do to live in the heart of God. The good news here is that we're all in the boat together and that together, no storm is too big for us. Mm -hmm. This has been a sermon podcast from the Episcopal Church of Our Savior, Mill Valley, California. We are a growing, welcoming community for those seeking to deepen their relationship with God and to journey in faith with God's people through the breaking of bread and in service to others in Christ's name. You can reach us by phone at 415-388-1907 or visit us online at OurSaviorMV.org. That's O-U-R-S-A-V-I-O-U-R-M-V for Mill Valley dot O-R-G. We wish you God's peace, and we hope to greet you in person very soon.